All right, everybody, this is episode 42 of the Beef and Bitcoin podcast with your host, CH. We have a special guest today on this uh, Saturday afternoon, the Crypto CPA. How you doing today, man? Hey, what's up, man? Doing good. How are you? Hanging in there. It's been, uh, it's been two weeks, two or three weeks, actually, since we've dropped an episode of the podcast. I had travel for work. Shit was crazy, but luckily... Uh, Nothing was really going on with Bitcoin, and it was a good chance to uh, let the news and all of the uh, all of the shit that's been going on kind of pile up, so we can we have a bunch of topics to rip through over the next couple of weeks. But uh, you know, I saw something interesting the other day, and I thought it was worthwhile to just do a quick quick episode on of somebody who actually that I had never never heard of before, Michelle Fan, and. Um, you know, the, the topic for this episode is spreading the Bitcoin virus with content creation. So I saw a bunch of Bitcoiners talking about this article that came out about Michelle Fan, who apparently is a, is a YouTube legend that I just had never heard of. And uh, she is the, I guess, mother of tutorials on YouTube. And that is a huge niche industry, uh, even just for video. And she disappeared from YouTube, I think in 2015. So she had a great 10 year run, created a a bunch of um, different makeup and cosmetic businesses, sold them, made a shitload of money. And it looks like she is a Bitcoiner now, which is, which is pretty dope. And, uh, you know, so I went and I read the the recent article that she was quoted in and uh, watched a couple of clips uh, of her. And it seems like she really, she really gets Bitcoin, which is which is awesome to see. And it's great to see it from somebody who has millions of followers and over one billion views on YouTube, which is, you know, insane. Um, so I, I'm going to play this quick two minute clip here, and then we'll we'll jump into this topic of you know how the Bitcoin virus spreads and uh, what role content creators have in a Bitcoin future. If I were to give an elevator pitch, what is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is the, the true money, the true, truest money that we should have had since the beginning of time. And just to give some, just, just to make this easier to digest, um, why is gold, why was gold always considered the standard for money, even during like the ancient days in Egypt, Mesopotamia, why was it always gold? Because gold, one, it's finite, so the fact that you can't find it everywhere, too, out of all the precious metals, it is the most stable metal. Um, and three, um, uh, it's hard. Like, it takes a lot of energy to mine gold. Like, mm-hmm. you can figure out, you can even have scanners and scan for, to, for gold, but to pay for the labor, to pay for the cost of, like, the digging and, the li- and all the people feeding them and just to get a little bit, that's why it, it's so expensive because it takes a lot of energy to mine gold and it's finite. So now bringing it to um, Bitcoin, Bitcoin operates in the same way. Bitcoin is like digital gold, but it's different. It's not gold because gold, you can carry it tangible, but Bitcoin, it's digital. Um, But the fact that it's a scarce digital asset is what makes it so unique. How is it scarce? There's only 21 million coins in existence. That's it. There's never going to be more coins. It's not like our money. The banks can just print more money right. if they want to. 
And, and they, they, do. they do it without and, our permission. Can they not make more Bitcoin? You can't. It is impossible. That is it. There's only 21 million units. And we've, Bitcoin has, um, the white paper started in 2008. Satoshi uh, created this white paper. And no one even knows who Sac- uh, Satoshi right. is. Um, it was an anonymous person who came up with this thesis. What is Bitcoin? Um, it's essentially a currency that's not built on trust. Because if you look at the back of your dollar, it says, in God we trust. Mm-hmm. Telling us, trust in this dollar. It's money. All right, so that's a that's a lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> definitely a long two minutes of her giving an awesome elevator pitch about Bitcoin. So, you know, to summarize, she talks about uh, the similarities between gold and how gold was used as money for thousands of years. You know, she talks about how gold is uh, relatively scarce and rare, and that it that it's hard money. And she also t- talks about proof of work there, um, how it's expensive and and difficult to mine. And, uh, you know, we'll talk more about that on an episode about uh, stock to flow. And she also hits on probably the most important piece of Bitcoin, that it is limited in amount and a fixed supply. Only 21 million coins um, to go around. And she really emphasized that there can never be more than 21 million, which is uh, the ultimate Bitcoin shelling point. And I like that she said uh, that Bitcoin is, is true money. And it's the truest money that we should have had since the beginning of time. Uh, You know, it seems like she's definitely taken a pretty deep dive down the Bitcoin rabbit hole when you're uh, making a pretty strong pitch like that. So one more quote from uh, the article that she was in, and we can jump into these questions. She said, I'm actually more excited about Bitcoin than than I was when I first discovered YouTube. So my question to you is, you know, do you think it's a coincidence that Michelle was early on YouTube and Bitcoin? Yo, could you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, sorry. My uh had some technical issues over here. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think that's a it's a really good question because if you think about what YouTube started out as before Google bought it and before it became what it is today, it was really known and it it sort of is still known as that decentralized place for you to spread your videos, your ideas. And she got into that. I don't think a lot of people saw that when YouTube first came out. They thought it was all cat videos and memes. But she she really understood what YouTube had the potential to be. And she spread her tutorials and uh, kind of started that being able to monetize on YouTube. And I think um, that being able to take that on your own and not having a media company kind of um, promote you and you do everything on your own. It's kind of the same idea with Bitcoin, having that decentralized uh, position within within your own monetary system. So I think it was it's pretty clear that she understands the digital age. And uh, it's, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that she's she's so early within Bitcoin and how she was so early within YouTube also. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's um, you can see that she definitely recognized YouTube as a a publishing platform, and she took full advantage of that and realized, you know, you don't need anybody pumping your your content, I guess, to to make a big splash. Um, and I feel like that's something Gary Vee always talks about. Like, if your content is good, it, it's going to spread no matter what. And you know, obviously, she crushed it. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that really leads into the into the next question of, you know, 
to me, the Bitcoin, you know, virus, it spreads really by word of mouth and, uh, you know, and content creators, I guess you could say. Pretty much anybody who isn't uh, necessarily mainstream. So, you know, maybe, you know, in my in my standpoint, right, you know, I had a, a friend and a coworker get me into the cryptocurrency space at first. And I had, I know that you and I had talked about it in, in 2013 when you remember first hearing about it. And I probably kicked myself for not uh, taking a deeper dive then. But, you know, that's a that's a whole different story. But I feel like it's a combination of the price, the Bitcoin price, bull markets. You know, people always say that they're, you know, that that popular meme of the of the the guy with like the gold chain around his neck. And he says, like, I'm in it for the technology, which is uh, that's kind of like a it's a funny bullshit meme that everybody's really in this to make money. So that that price really drives adoption. But I think there's something to be said about people like Michelle Fan and other bigger content creators like like a Joe Rogan who just gets millions of views on all of these, you know, three hour long podcasts that he does. And, you know, he's talked about Bitcoin quite a bit. So how do you think content creators will help spread Bitcoin adoption? Yeah, I think um, influencers have a huge um, have a huge market to spread the, the Bitcoin adoption and really understanding what Bitcoin is. And it sounds like she really understands it, which I don't think a lot of people do right now. Even a lot of the uh, people like Mayweather you saw was getting into ICOs and kind of promoting those. So it's it's good to see that people are getting more knowledgeable about it and spreading the actual facts about it instead of just trying to pump their bags. So I think, uh, and this is a, I think this is a new trend that we're seeing. A lot of people are getting more informative. You can see on, on the news, people are actually starting to talk about stock to flow. And these are big changes within the Bitcoin community that I think people are starting to understand that there is value within the Bitcoin and not just pumping ICOs and just um, getting all these altcoins out. So I think there's going to be a huge um, potential for all of these influencers to, as you said, like Joe Rogan, every time he talks about it, I just heard him talking about, um, he was talking about quantum computing in his one of his episodes and how that impacts Bitcoin. So there's a lot of good conversation happening within the mainstream market now. Yeah, and I like that the, you know, I guess Joe Rogan would be considered somewhat mainstream right now, but it's kind of that that alternative um, content creators, right? You know, people are looking to different avenues, different platforms to get their news, entertainment, ideas, and information. Um, you know, you don't have to wait for CNN or CNBC or, you know, one of these other mainstream outlets to talk about Bitcoin anymore for it to spread. You have it, uh, you see it on meme pages, you see it, on different medium articles, you see now, you know, you have people like Raul Paul, who we've been, you know, a big fan of, the the guy over from Real Vision, uh, Dan Tapiero. They've been having some pretty in-depth discussions about Bitcoin and the space, and you can see it, you know, starting to spread. So when you have somebody like Raul or Dan Tapiero taking Bitcoin seriously, all of a sudden you have an entire... Um, let's say they're friends, right? Rich hedge fund guys, billionaires who 
have for the past 10 years pretty much laughed at Bitcoin. And now you see that tide kind of start turning a little bit. And they're thinking very deeply about the implications of you know, what Bitcoin means to them from a global macro standpoint. And, you know, someone like Michelle Fan uh, in that, that clip that we played, I mean, she, she totally gets it. She mentions the banks, how they can print money at will. Uh, that's not something that you would expect a makeup tutorial person to even be talking about. You know, why would they even care about whether or not, uh, you know, central banks are printing money? And uh, it, it, I do find it very interesting. And, you know, I brought up another tweet here from Beautyon, who's uh, one of my favorite Bitcoiners. And he just, you know, in, in big, bold letters, like, this is how normalization is done. So, and th- this quote that she has is, um, Bitcoin, it's probably the most important investment you can ever make in your life. And, you know, that's a pretty bold statement from, you know, YouTube's biggest beauty star. Uh, what do you think about that? I, yeah, personally, I mean, it's for me, it's been the most important investment and not just in terms of owning Bitcoin, but in terms of knowledge. Once you once you start owning Bitcoin and then you have to hold your private keys, you start going down that Bitcoin rabbit hole. And if you just think about not just the investments you made and what kind of value you're holding, just the knowledge of the banking system, the Federal Reserve and all of that, that's that has so much value. Um, and, and it's an investment that is going to keep on building and you're going to make smarter choices in the future. You lower your um, time preference and or you, or you raise your time preference. And that just has a lot of value for your life and not just in terms of your portfolio, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely for me personally, it's been the, the biggest investment or the most important investment I've ever made because, you know, as you and I talk about all the time, you know, why didn't we learn anything about Austrian economics in high school or college? You know, where where was all of this information when I feel like we needed it most? And it's it's kind of funny that, you know, Bitcoin number go up all of a sudden brings a priority to reading the Bitcoin standard and looking for and reading, you know, human action or any of these other seminal works from some of the great Austrians that I had literally never heard of until 2018 um and i had i had tweeted to safety like all of a sudden studying austrian economics is now profitable because it it strengthens your investment theses as to why you should accumulate bitcoin and, and stack more sats and and lower that time preference and uh skip going out to, or what I like to say, pack your lunch, you know, all of a sudden this year I've been packing my lunch every goddamn day so I can save the extra 10 bucks so I can stack a few more sats during the week. But it really does change your entire mindset. And I like that she kind of focused on entrepreneurs here because I think that's something you and I talk about a lot, right? What does entrepreneurship look like in a world where, uh, where either Bitcoin is money or there's a, as Raul Powell likes to say, there's a, a parallel financial system being built where you have, you know, the legacy system and then you have the Bitcoin economy. And how do they both work hand in hand together? And how do 
either um, past entrepreneurs transition into that that new Bitcoin economy, or how do how do people like you and I, right? We've always been talking about entrepreneurship for the last ten years, I feel like, or longer than that, actually. And uh, it seems like we're both really interested in what Bitcoin entrepreneurship looks like, um, and. Pretty much, I'm starting to come to the conclusion like everything's going to need to be rebuilt um, in one way or another, whether it's insurance, whether it's uh, financial services. I mean, you're a CPA, right? Like, there's a whole new market out there for just Bitcoin related accounting that is barely even starting, right? Um, so, there's a lot of it's just all white space, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be a, a lot of changes, a lot of infrastructure changes that's going to be needed. And that's going to bring up a whole new type of businesses, services, consulting uh, businesses. So there's a lot of opportunity there. And even if you just think about how YouTube started, no one really imagined, maybe some people imagined, but the majority of people didn't imagine being able to start a full time business just recording videos on YouTube. So there's going to be there's going to be different opportunities for that we can't even think of right now that people are probably working on that that's really going to change how people interact and communicate with each other using the Bitcoin network. Yeah, I mean that's you really nailed it. I mean there's I think the biggest thing about Bitcoin um, that 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 iPhone moment it it doesn't exist yet. Like we can't even think of what it might be. Just like nobody could have predicted that. Um, you could be a YouTube sensation making, you know, $50,000 a month making whatever videos about the most niche topic on the planet, maybe, you know, making coffee or putting images of, uh, you know, whatever as a barista, you know, like bears and shit on your, on your froth. Like you can, you can monetize in the craziest ways. And, you know, since, you know, the, the crypto humor page and orange coin memes and the beef and Bitcoin podcast, that's, um, that's content creation surrounded around, uh, the Bitcoin space. But, you know, that's kind of my next question to you is what, what role do you think content creators, um, have just in, how does Bitcoin actually change the role of the content creator from a monetization standpoint? Yeah, I mean, if you just think about content creators now, it's a it's a worldwide market on YouTube, on Instagram. You're communicating with people all across the world, um, so it it just makes sense that when you're communicating ideas, pictures, videos across the world, being able to share um, a monetary medium of exchange it seems like really logical. So. I think it's going to go hand in hand on how people kind of share their ideas, how we can, um, things like Patreon, how to tip people and donate to people's pages. All of that's really going to change and make it a more worldwide um, economy, I think, within within their influencer economy. I think that's a huge space, especially as everyone is starting to have a cell phone. So everyone's going digital. So I think that's going to be a huge space for um the Bitcoin economy. No, no, yeah, you made a really good point there. It's, uh, I think I've heard Bitcoin Tina mentioned numerous times. It's, you know, Bitcoin is an exponential technology that's built on top of exponential technologies. So you have, you know, the internet, which has been around for a long time, and it took, 
you know, 30 or 40 years to really hit that tipping point where it started to take off. And then you have mobile on top of the internet. And, and now you have entire countries who, you know, leapfrogged, uh, basically like poles and wires and telephone poles and all this stuff, they just leapfrogged right over it to mobile. They went right over that. So you have mobile phones growing at an increasing rate. Then you have, um, I hate the term fintech, but you have that financialization tech, things like Venmo and the Cash App. And now you have the Cash App that offers uh, Bitcoin purchases, which is which is huge, at least for anybody who has access to the Cash App. Um, all of these exponential technologies building on top of each other. And then you have this, this influencer market that has grown substantially because it's just a great way to advertise now. You're getting very concentrated eyeballs on, uh, on one particular niche. So for, let's say, a, a Bitcoin-related um, Twitter page, Instagram page, or YouTube channel, you know that all of those views that are watching that are very interested and focused on Bitcoin. So if you have a Bitcoin-related product and you want to advertise you're going to get so much more bang for your buck advertising with um, that particular content creator or influencer rather than uh, running an ad on the radio or television or anything else for that matter. It just almost doesn't even make sense um, to do that. And I think that's, you know, you made a good point with you know, Bitcoin being global, and since uh, Bitcoin scales socially on a global standpoint, uh, you can have customers all across the globe now. And if you're offering a product, whether it be a digital product or something else for, you know, a couple thousand sats, uh, the the distance between you and your customer customer uh, isn't really an issue. And now the the financial rails aren't an issue. You don't need to pay any additional fees or um, to buy a product from uh, a different country. You know, you just—it's <laughs> like sending an email now. It's—it's it's literally that simple. Exactly. Yeah. This was uh, this is a good topic, though. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add on to this? Yeah, I guess it's interesting. I was actually listening to her full video. Um, and she talked about how within what when she was doing YouTube, she got sponsored by L'Oreal and they started forcing her to do types of content. And they, I think they, they made some type of um, product with her with her brand on it. And it didn't it didn't turn out to be good. And she got a lot of hate and it was she kind of started getting controlled. And I think that's what shows like what YouTube really became. It started off being this decentralized, being able to create your own content. And now as more and more corporations are getting into it, it's starting to get more controlled and they're starting to control their um, content producers. And I think that's going to be really different on, with, with Bitcoin being a decentralized network. Um, you're not going to be able to have this type of control that, that YouTube really got when, when it got bought by uh, Google. So I thought it was just an interesting point you made. Yeah, no, I, I do remember her, her saying that, and it's it's a shame, really. But I think the good part is that you have more content creators now who can who can choose to monetize on their own um, and, you know, have their own products that they that they 
sell or you know push or whatever and 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 that's much better than the the centralization uh and just the the co-opting of what made youtube very cool and i think the same thing happened uh with facebook as well you know people are leaving facebook every day um to get off of that you know the the younger generations really don't care about facebook at all um and it's really looking to where those next platforms are going to be and where does uh, Bitcoin fit into those, if, if it does at all? I, I'd have a feeling that it does. Um, but I think that that's a good point, that the, the Bitcoin network itself being able to spread into the, the absolute corners of the internet, wherever that may be, um, will really make for an interesting times ahead, for sure. Right, yep. Well, I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Um, you know, so that's our take pretty much on, on spreading the Bitcoin virus. What role do content creators and influencers um, play in that? Um, awesome to see Michelle Fan uh, jumping in with both feet uh, into, the, into the Bitcoin bandwagon. It'll be very cool to see. And I even checked out her Instagram page and she has a whole, uh, she has a whole, section of stories of her just talking about bitcoin and friends texting her and her telling them to you know pick get some sats and all this stuff so it's really cool to see um i guess someone of her caliber to really jump in and you know hang in the uh, the bitcoin trenches taking grenades from mainstream just keep on shilling yeah it's awesome awesome to see that all right, thank you to uh, the Crypto CPA for being a, uh, a guest host of the podcast today. Awesome to have him, and we will definitely be having him back on. That was episode 42 of the Beef and Bitcoin podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Shoot us a DM. Uh, leave us a comment anytime. Let us know what topics you want us to talk about. And uh, we will see you next time. Peace. Thanks for having me.